Thanks for joining us for another great message from Influences Church Australia. We hope it inspires you, encourages you, blesses you and brings you joy. For more information about our church, go online to influences.church. And now for our message. Well, I believe that God wants to do some wonderful, wonderful things in the months and the years that lie ahead. I, I, I just have a sense as I study the world that there is a real vacuum in the area of the reality of God in demonstration in people's lives. The silly thing about it is it's actually happening, but we just don't elevate it enough. And I was talking to a young man between services who was telling me about a miracle of finance in his life. And he's only been a Christian for five years. And to see what God has done for him is quite magnificent and wonderful. And I'm like, we should be telling that story because our world doesn't wanna hear our theology or our homilies or our little cliches. We're living in a world so polarised, so negative, so anti-Christian. Have you noticed how bad even Adelaide with the passing of the laws that have passed, the way that politicians are going, but they've always been going in the wrong direction. But you understand what I'm saying? Just how it's just got to a tipping point. And I believe what happens in the next year or more is gonna be uh, really set the tone and the pace for the future. And I believe the church, what people, people are saying is this, I don't care about your self-help programs. I don't really care about uh, your theology. What I wanna know is, is, is God real? Show me that He's real. Don't tell me He's real. Show me He's real and I'll follow Him because my life's a mess and I'm contributing to the whole mess of the world, but I don't wanna be religious. There's a big movement calling, uh, rising called the Deconstruction Movement, which is like a mid-faith crisis movement where people are questioning what they've always been taught because unfortunately, instead of following a relationship with Jesus and understanding the power of Jesus in their life, they've been educated by their religious leaders or whatever and, and learnt stuff around the centrality of Jesus, but not the centrality of Jesus Himself. And I just really believe that the world is saying, hey, put up or shut up, move over or show us the way. And I believe that together, more than ever, because the hurricane of the world is is blowing at such a gale everywhere, that unless we grasp the fact that God works miracles the greatest in community, then we will be a little candle that keeps getting blown out by the wind. If we don't understand that God works best in communities, there's something about it. I I can't tell you how many thousands of people I've talked to that have walked in through these doors who've never been to church before. They've talked to me afterwards and they they, they say, did you love the service? Yeah, I love the service. But can you tell me why I was crying during the whole service? And it depends who's preaching on my answer. But I say to them, No, not really. I say to them, did it feel bad or did it feel good? And they say, no, it felt good. I didn't understand why I'm crying. I said, because what you're sensing is God working on your heart and what God's doing is trying to heal your heart. He's trying to open your heart. He's trying to move on your life. That doesn't happen just at the cafe very often. It happens when the community gathers and a community of miracles is established. Because when we come together and when we bind together, 
then things start to happen. You know, communities affect whether God can move. Remember Jesus comes and He quotes out of Isaiah 53, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He starts to talk about that in his own hometown. And this is what the Bible says about that. They've got the Scripture there somewhere. It says this. No, not that one, the next one. About Jesus. And it says basically that they did not accept Jesus. They didn't. And Jesus could not do many miracles there. He could not perform many miracles there except to lay hands on a few of the sick and heal them. And He was amazed at their unbelief. Here's a whole community that said to each other, listen, isn't he Mary's son? Isn't that Joseph's son? Isn't that his brothers and sisters sitting at the front and the back of the synagogue? Who is this guy? What? And a whole community, one whisper to another whisper to another whisper before long, the whole community had no faith in Jesus' ability to do the miraculous, even though the supernatural, almighty Son of God was standing right there in their presence, He could not do miracles. Then He goes to another city in Decapolis where He heals Legion, the demoniac. And you'd think the people would welcome Him with open arms, but when the pigs went over the hillside into the water and drowned because they were so preoccupied with commerce and money, when the Son of God is standing in their midst, ready for a move of God to operate throughout that region, they're like, they begged Jesus to go away. Whole community banded together to banish Jesus from their region. Then of course, we know the story about the Pharisees. And we know the story about how that every time that, that uh, Jesus did anything, they, they just could not accept it. Even though they had 400 years of no miracles, no moves of God. And because of that, they become so entrenched. One group became a political party and another group became a religious, traditional, beat you over the head kind of group. And Jesus comes and starts to heal blind eyes and starts to heal deaf ears and lepers. And they're like, oh, this is the work of the devil. We cannot accept this. And a whole community crucifies the Son of God. You know, it took a time for the 12 disciples to actually move in miracles. It didn't happen day one. They had to build a community and Jesus was dealing with the attitudes in each of the disciples. Well, can I be on your right hand? Can I be on your left hand? Can I, can I be that guy? Can I be that guy? And, and Jesus having to bring them together to a place of faith. He's increasing their faith and believing in Him that He wasn't just another rabbi. It wasn't another, just another church service, but the Son of God, the power of heaven was in the midst. And when He got them to that point, He was able to send them out and suddenly they began to do miracles. That community accepted Him. And that community created community so that all of them were doing miracles. You see, the mistake we've made is this, is to expect the man at the front to come with all his tricks. Heal us all, teach us all, save us all. When God just brought us to the front to be a mouthpiece for the things of God so that you would be released to be what you've been called to do. And that in this place, there are people with gifts of miracle that lay dormant. There are gifts in this place of healing that are dormant. Did you know the richest place in Adelaide? It's the cemetery. In that place lies some of the most gifted people. 
whose poems never came to life, whose lives never made a difference, who never had the great experiences released through their life, the richest place in Adelaide, the dead centre of Adelaide, the cemetery. And I believe God wants us to die empty, to live full, but having done all, to say I've run my race, I gave it my best shot. I wasn't just a bystander watching. I was a participator who understood that I am gifted by God, that I'm anointed by God, that I have something within me. There's seven of us that agree, that's awesome. And I really believe this. This is the day where the world is saying, listen, your religion means nothing to us. But if you can heal me, I want to talk to you. I remember being invited to, to the home of a doctor who was dying. 32 year age doctor, beautiful woman. And living in St. Peter's and I was invited to a house and they didn't believe in God at all. But they were desperate. Somebody will turn to anything if you can help my daughter. That's what the world is saying today with a louder and louder voice. Put up or shut up. Give it to me real or don't give it to me at all. And I think we have an incredible opportunity and I wanna share with you over, started last Sunday night, but I wanna share with you over the next few weeks about how to create a community of miracles. Because we're seeing miracles. But when we elevate them so that we all catch miracle fever and miracle passion, we have something to say. I was witnessing to a guy uh, just a few weeks ago uh, and, and as I was talking to him, I decided, made a conscious decision to talk about the miracles in my life. Wondering how he'd respond. Completely unchurched, just started telling him about the miracles. By the end of 30 minutes, he wanted to know so much more. His eyes were like wider sources. Why? Because in his life, it's a boring life. And I was going to tell him about how God intervenes in my life and how life isn't perfect, but how I have a God that really is real. And I told him about the miracles of my life. He wanted to know more. And so we're gonna concentrate on that, but I wanna start today with reading to you out of Psalm 103, one of my great, great loved passages. I remember reading this chapter when I was very sick in 1994, and, and I wondered if God could heal me because I felt like I'd brought it on myself. I felt like I was responsible for my own demise. I was responsible for my own sickness. I don't know if you feel like that about your sin, about your, your sickness or whatever it might be, and that robs you of the faith to believe that God can do something powerful in your life. Well, I did until I read this verse, and it says this, and I want you to read it along with me. Come on, let's read it out loud. You ready? Bless the Lord, O my soul. All that is within me, bless His holy name. Bless who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with loving devotion and compassion, 
who satisfies you with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord executes righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. He made known His ways to Moses, His deeds to the people of Israel. Right there is a great secret. He made known His ways. What does it mean by ways? Ways is how He operates. Deeds is just being a recipient of someone else's kindness. But when you know the way, when you know how it works, it can happen day after day after day. But if you only know the deeds, then you have to complain and ask every day to receive anything. And the children of Israel never got past deeds to ways. But the, Moses himself learnt the ways of God so he could go to God every time and there would be an answer for his request. And you know what? I believe more than everything. I felt like I had deserved what I had, the sickness that I had. Till I read that Scripture, He heals all of your diseases. He heals all of our sins. Nothing is outside the purview of the great parenthesis of God's grace and kindness. The devil wants to rob you of faith. That's why community is so potent. Today I wanna to start off by showing you a video of a, and you're gonna watch a video, a miracle actually take place in front of your eyes. It's a story of a man called Dwayne Miller. He was a pastor. And of course, as a pastor, your voice is your toolbox. It's what you use to communicate. No point knowing everything about the Scriptures if he can't tell anybody about it. Anyway, he got a virus and it destroyed his vocal cords, destroyed the nerve endings. They said, you would never preach again. Went to 200 doctors and, and, and groups of physicians. They said, you'll never ever speak again. And so as the pastor, imagine this, he had to resign from his position. His wife was now the only breadwinner in the home. He became a, 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 a private investigator because you'd have to talk to be one of those. And so he kind of just did this job, but his heart was to tell people about Jesus. And for three long years, no miracle coming out of a church that didn't believe in miracles either. And there's a growth in our world of cessationist theology, which is simply this, that when the apostles and Jesus died, so did miracles. Well, if that's true, then nobody's got saved since Jesus was here. Because the greatest miracle of all is salvation and eternal life. That's why Jesus did those miracles to show them that people could be saved. And that's why we need miracles. Our world is saying, show us miracles and then we'll get saved. But if you believe it all died out when the apostles died, then nobody ever has got born again in 2021 years. Why? Because that's the greatest miracle of all. So we know that's not true. But there's this great rise as people are going through a mid-faith crisis. And this man probably belonged to a church like that. You can hear it in his tone. You can hear it in his voice as he begins to speak. And so he had to leave the town he was in, went back to Houston and went back to this church, this big Baptist church. And out of pity, the Sunday school class, and well, Sunday school class is not the kids' ministry. It's like an education program for the adults in the church. They asked him to teach one of the classes. He's like, I can't teach one of the classes. He said, one of the things, he said, I had to have to scream just to make a whisper of a sound. And they said, we'll, we'll microphone you in such a way, we'll amp it up so much that you'll be able to scream and we'll be able to hear it, even though it's a whisper. 
And so he did it out of obligation and because I've been kind to him. And so this particular morning was Psalm 103 and I want you to listen to him as he goes through the miracle and I want you to listen to the people in the room too. This is the only class that was recorded because it had been going so long and there were so many people that came in and out of the class and it was a long class, they recorded it and I want you to have a listen to Dwayne's miracle. You see, I sense that in that place, those people who were there for a Bible study suddenly believed in the miraculous power of God. And I can sense His presence in this room. And what I wanna do is I wanna read Psalm 103 again. And I want you to read it out loud because as you read it, whatever need you have, God does not only physical miracles, but relational miracles and financial miracles and job miracles and protection miracles and family miracles. And as we read it, I want you to ask the Holy Spirit to quicken to you the thing that you need. So let's read it out loud and let's read it out proud. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Let's all stand. Bless the Lord, O my soul. All that is within me, bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and do not forget all His kind deeds. Who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with loving devotion and compassion? Who satisfies you with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles? The Lord executes righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. He made known His ways to Moses, His deeds to the people of Israel. I remember when I read that, as I was listening to that uh, story a number of weeks ago, the part that quickened to me is He renews your youth like the eagles. That was for me personally. Every day I've been reading that saying, thank you God, I am getting younger. I am getting stronger. You are renewing my youth like the eagles. What does that mean? That means I have as much passion and energy at 85 as I have at this age at 45. I'm going to tell you something. He renews your youth like the eagles. I don't know what you need right now, but I want us to close our eyes. We're not finished, but I just felt to do this. I didn't do this in the first service, but I feel the Holy Spirit's quickening faith in the room. Put up your hand if you need a miracle in some area, whether it's financial, relational, physical job. You see, we have a God who wants to do miracles and we have a bunch of people who need miracles. What a perfect combination. He said, ask and you will receive. Ask and keep on asking. Now, as I pray today, I want you to go home. Your homework for this week is to read Psalm 103 every single day and declare it over your life. Because as you do, God's gonna start to invade your world and create faith in your life. Because for too long, we've lived just suffering with the effects of just the rationality of our humanity and the secularization of the the world that tells us you can't see a miracle. You're destined for that. Father, in the Name of Jesus, I declare healing and I declare provision and I declare work and I declare family reconciliation and I declare in the Name of Jesus that our church 
church will be known as a house of miracles, that our church will be known everywhere across the earth, that it will be known as a place of miracles. I declare it in Jesus' Name on every individual in this room, every person that's standing, every person that's asking, every person that's seeking, that they will find. And Lord, the door will be opened up unto them. We ask in Jesus' Name, be healed, be whole, and be set free in Jesus' wonderful Name. Come on, let's give the Lord a big hand of praise. You can take your seats. I promise you, God wants to quicken in your life. Don't miss next Sunday, whatever you do. As I continue this series, I promise you, God wants to do something. And the most important thing to understand is this. The strongest place for your faith is community. The stronger our community, the stronger and the more, uh, more attractional that community is, the more it releases the power of God. The more in sync we are with each other, the more we intentionally not just come to church to gratify our own need, but to give into the people around about us our love, our kindness and our compassion. The more we're focused on building the church and not just building my life, the more we're focused on building community, not just what I need for me, the more we we will see a floodgate from heaven opened. And I promise you, you see, I remember going to preach for Dr. Yonggi Cho a number of years ago. At that stage, the largest church in the world, 800,000 people plus. And eight years ago, I went to preach for him and, and uh, it was an amazing experience. And one of the things that he would always say was when he would travel America, come to Australia, wherever he would go around the world, when he'd pray for sick people, about 30% of people would get healed. But in his own church, he said it was over 90% of people got healed. Which shows you that the atmosphere of a community is what determines the flow of the supernatural. It's not just in my individuality that I believe, that's important. But when a community binds together and says, we will do this for each other. We will do this for the kingdom. We will do this for the gospel. We will do this. Guess what happens? Suddenly God goes, wow, where there's unity, I hear the sound of a beautiful thing. I hear the sound. See, everything that Jesus taught His disciples from John 13 to John 17 before He left them was to keep them together and enhance their community. He served them with a towel around His waist to show them how to treat one another. He talked to them about how He wanted them to be one even as He and the Father were one. He talked to them about that the world would know that we're His disciples by our love for one another. That know that God sent Jesus if we loved one another. He was speaking about community. And he said, if you'll stick together in community, you're gonna see the greatest revival the world has ever seen. And it says in Acts chapter two, when they were all together, all together in one place, in one accord, God moved. See, I, I just wonder, there were 500 disciples that Jesus appeared to in the 40 days before His ascension, but only 120 left. I'm just wondering if the day of Pentecost is arriving, fully coming and, and, the, and heaven's looking going, wow, phew, I really wanna pour out my spirit, but there's three people that don't agree. There's seven people that don't agree. How do we get rid of them? Is we can't come down, Holy Spirit, until they're in one place in one accord. 
There's 150 of them, but 30 of them don't actually believe. What can we do? Keep them praying, keep them praying. And maybe those 30 just wandered out the door to do other things because we know that on the day of Pentecost, there were 120 in one place, in one accord. And in that one accord, the Holy Spirit was poured out and suddenly the power of God and the wonders of God were spoken in all the languages, but then miracles were gonna break out everywhere, not by the hands of Jesus, but by the hands of the 120. So when we talk about building a community of miracles, there are three words. We love miracles, but the other two words are just as important. Building, which means we start from the ground up, takes time, and community is what we're trying to achieve. Love that rain. It's 30 degrees in Atlanta right now. But I'm glad to be here. Just for time, imagine if our community commitment was a lot better than it is right now. Now I sense we have great community. So I'm not talking into disunity, I'm talking into community. So we're, we're halfway there. But imagine if we could build a community where God goes, we gotta go down there. We gotta go, miracles are gonna break out everywhere. And as we elevate them and tell the stories of them, our faith is gonna grow. Let me share with you another video of a family out of our Influencers Church in Atlanta. Son, very, very uh, skilled and very talented baseball player. In fact, only a month ago, after this miracle, in a 500 person baseball tournament in high school, across, across they were the best of the best, playing against high schools across America, he was the MVP most valuable player for that entire tournament. And I want you to hear the Braves story and Matthew's story. Check this out. Might have to turn it up. Matthew is our oldest. He's the oldest of our five. We have three boys, two girls. He's always been all boy and just been a great leader for our younger kids. And he has all everything he wants to buy on above his bed. And so at night he looks at it and he has dates written by it. He's bought his own $300 baseball glove. He's bought his own bow. We bow hunt together. He gets up every morning before middle school and he hits, uh, we have a net and tee set up in our basement and he hits off of that. He was doing weight training at school. He was in PE at school. He was doing baseball practice. And what we didn't know, it was wearing his arm out. He's right-handed and he was wearing his right arm out. We're at his brother's baseball practice and he and I went off to the side to throw baseball. We're maybe 15 feet apart and he lobbed it to me. And it was really cold. He lobbed it to me and he, and he said, ah. He said, God, something hurts in my elbow. Like, okay. I said, well, just lightly throw it to me again. And he did. And he said, oh my gosh, that really like hurts in my elbow. And I knew that was not a good sign. Next day, we booked sort of an emergency uh, appointment with a sports medicine orthopedic surgeon. They took an x-ray of his right arm. They came back in with like a... a 
I don't know, 30 minutes later and said, we need an x-ray of his other arm. And I said, really, what for? And they said, we just need it to compare it. And the feeling in my stomach started <laughs> kind of getting sick. So they took the second x-ray, they came back in, they put him up side by side, and it's noticeable that in his right elbow, it looks like mush right above the turn of his elbow and the other one, it's solid. We get these x-rays done. They say, we need you to come back Monday for an MRI. Sunday night, we go back to the pastor's house and he tells them what's going on. And the pastor asked Matthew uh, to come sit down and they asked our kids to circle around Matthew and put their hands on Matthew. And <laughs> there's no smoke, you know, there's, there's no lightning bolts. Next day we get back, we take him in for an MRI follow up a day or two later for the reading. And the doctor comes back in and says, I don't really know how to explain this, but uh, his arm is completely fine. Part of me was like, there's no way. I saw the x-ray myself. Y'all wouldn't explain it to me, but I knew something bad was wrong. And I did tell him, I said, like, what do you mean it's okay? He said, like literally there's nothing wrong with his arm. And I said, what did the x-ray indicate? And he said the x-ray indicated the tendon had detached from the back of his elbow from his growth plate and that we were gonna have to have surgery, like screw it to the backside of his elbow. And I said, okay, well like, what about therapy? He said, there's nothing wrong for him to have therapy for. He and I walked out like half grinning, half, is this real? Half waiting for them to call us back and say, we, we read the wrong MRI and but it wasn't. You know, when I look back over it, it seems like sometimes God has to have things so bad that he's gotta prove it to us that he's gonna heal it, like with that x-ray. As far as it goes with, is God real? Can he, does he, will he perform miracles? The answer is, is yes. Yes from firsthand experience. If you're questioning, does God even really exist? <laughs> he wants to prove himself to you. Like he made you to be able to have a relationship with you. Put up your hand if you wish that happened every Sunday in church here every Sunday. You see, the mistake we've made is this. We believe it's the man on the stage that has all the power for the hour. My job, Pastor Josh's job, Pastor Tony's job, is to equip you in a way that builds community because we know that where there's unity, common unity, God commands, not allows, commands His blessing. You see, God's plan is this, that everyone in this room have gifts. Oh, when Pastor Jane is here in a few months, you're gonna see the growth of her prophetic gift. It's just incredible. I don't have that gift. I'm jealous. I have other gifts, not as good as hers, but I'm, I'm okay with my gifts. But everybody, we're part of a body. 
This is why when we see, this is why it's so important. If we're a little finger and we're praying over here for a miracle, but God works through the body to get healing to the finger. Because if you cut your finger off and put it on the bench, the finger is not gonna get healed. This is not attached to the body. The body heals the finger. And the body heals us. So I wanna pray right now because there are people in, in the room Put up your hand if you've got a real desire to be used in the area of healing or miracles or faith. Come on, put up your hand, put up your hand, put up your hand. I want you to stand up. So I'm gonna pray over you. Because imagine if you prayed for people in the context of the body and suddenly healing been happening. This is the way we'll change Adelaide. The rest of the way with just the one man is gonna take a very long time. The body heals itself. That's why God placed gifts within the body and said the Holy Spirit uses them as He wishes to heal the other parts of the body. But also it's my body, if I'm a doctor, that can heal someone over here who's a patient. And when the body is working together in community with itself, it can help everybody else. Most times, let me say in most churches, we spend more time trying to heal wounded parts of the body instead of the body being whole, taken on the community and helping and healing them. I pray this sermon has blessed you, encouraged you and inspired you. You know, we may never have met, I may not know you, but God knows you. And I'll tell you today, God loves you. That even before you knew about Him, He loved you. And He has a plan and a purpose for your life. You know, so many of us do life on our own, trying to lead our life in a way that finds answers and finds the peace and finds the joy we're looking for, but we come up short. But God knew that you needed rescuing, that you needed saving, that you needed His love. So He sent His Son, Jesus, to come and pay the price for our mistakes. He lived a perfect life, but knowing we couldn't, He said, I will take their place. So He died and rose again so that His death could pay the penalty for my mistakes in my past and His life could make a way so that I could have life. I believe that when you believe in what Jesus did and when you invite Him to be Lord of your life, you can experience forgiveness, peace, hope, joy, purpose and life like you've never known before. It's not about what we've done or who we're not. It's about that we have a God who's good, who can turn things for good and loves you. He's a father, he's a friend, and you can invite him into your life today by simply saying this prayer after me. I'm gonna say this prayer and wherever you are, wherever you're watching around the world, pray this prayer with me. Maybe you once knew God and you walked away. You know what, maybe he's getting your attention today to say, come back into relationship with me. Maybe you've known religion, but never a real genuine relationship with God. Why don't you say this prayer too? And I believe this can be the beginning of a great new day. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you for loving me and giving your life for me. I pray you forgive me for my past and you walk with me into my tomorrow. Let me know your grace, your forgiveness, your peace, your purpose, your joy and your hope into my life. I ask you to lead me and guide me from this day forward. Be Lord of who I am in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm so glad you prayed that prayer today. I believe that as you did, the peace, the grace, and the love of God comes into your life. 
You know what? The past is real, but it doesn't have to dictate your future. Let the love, the grace and the word of God go with you from this day forward. And I believe the best days are ahead for you. If you prayed this prayer or you want to know more, maybe you're on the journey. Why don't you flick us an email so we can send you some material about following Jesus. We can maybe connect you with a local church near you that you can do life with, get good people around you. And we would love to pray with you. I'm so glad you prayed that prayer. I'm so glad you're on the journey of following Jesus. I'm so glad you listened today. God bless.